Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Okay, time to get up out of your armchair, freshen up, put on a smiley face, and get out and meet some people. We'll be talking about online dating this week. We'll speak with Kim Loftus, who recently published a book entitled Dating in the Digital Age. We'll talk with her about her book, how the process works, what to expect, and some special considerations for blind individuals, as well as about some of her own experiences. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip came in response to my asking what she thinks of online dating. Overall, you sound very enthusiastic. Would you recommend online dating, especially to blind people? I think I would. I think if you're kind of open and up for an adventure, because you probably will have a few, then it can be an interesting way to meet people. And this is also something that can become an in-person thing. You'll want to, you know, perhaps meet this person eventually and have conversations and see where things go. I think if you take the necessary precautions, and there are certainly precautions to be taken, but if you do that and if you kind of pay attention and you really stay aware of how you're feeling through the process and make sure that you aren't pushing or being pushed or that you're feeling safe and secure and comfortable through the process, then absolutely it's something I would recommend. I think that you can learn a lot and grow a lot and have a lot of really interesting experiences as a result of trying it, yes. And if that intrigues you, listen to the rest of the show, and she will elaborate on all of those points and give you lots of tips about how to make it work for you. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by Ira, an app that remotely connects people who are blind or have low vision to trained agents for access to visual information. Details are available at 1-800-835-1934. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Kim and learning about her day job with Mystic Access and what they do. My name is Kim Loftus. I am Director of Product Development with Mystic Access. I live in the beautiful state of North Carolina. Can you describe what Mystic Access does in general? We provide one-on-one and group training opportunities. We offer a free teleclass each month. We tend to be all over the map, but it all turns out to be some level of relationship to technology, whether it's more mainstream like the Amazon ALEXA or the Google Assistants, whether we're talking more uh, around humanwares products. We did the audio tutorial for the Braille Note Touch. So everything we do, whether it be our trainings, we have a biweekly podcast or our classes, we offer a ton of free downloads. It all has something to do with making your technology usage, be it mainstream or slightly more non-mainstream, for those of us who are low vision or totally blind, more useful, more fun. And we try to be very laid back and informal and really take the customer and client's needs very much to heart in our approach, whether it be group or individually. So you mentioned low vision and blind individuals. Do you yourself have a vision impairment? 
absolutely. I am totally blind. I have always been totally blind. And all of us who work for the company are totally blind. Well, I guess you have lots of experience then in dealing with those issues and teaching people about how to use their technology with a vision impairment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. have dealt with them all my life and have seen technology grow and expand and change and shift over the years. And between us, we have lots of experience with various types of tech. So, yeah, I, while I never thought I would be doing this, it is really a fun job to get to do. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is Kim's recently released book about online dating with particular attention to issues that might impact how a blind or low vision person might want to proceed. Years ago on this show, when it was still called Viewpoints, we did several shows on meeting and dating. And it turns out you actually wrote a book about that. So I was wondering if you could tell us the name of the book, and then we can discuss it in detail later. Absolutely. The book is called Dating in the Digital Age, An Accessible Journey for Finding Love Online. And how did you get the idea to write that book? It was the idea of NBP's editor, Cassell Wilson, who came up with it. That's the National Burrell Press. That's correct. That's correct. And we started discussing it and talking about it. And a little bit of time went by after that. And I ended up talking to a friend of mine about it, who is also a National Braille Press author. And she's like, you could do that. So I started talking to Cassell about it. And we ended up saying, well, I think this will work. I think I have the experience. And I think I can write it in such a way where it will be friendly and accessible and yet have a lot of good information for people in it. It was a very enjoyable experience, and I learned a lot from being able to write it for MVP. So we went to the National Braille Press website, where they obviously have a link where people can order your book, and they also had the table of contents. And what really intrigued us was that many of the chapter headings are specifically about blindness-related issues that you might run into in the course of engaging in online dating. And so we thought this would be particularly relevant to our blind and low vision audience. Absolutely. And there is a lot that one probably should be thinking about as someone who is blind or has low vision when beginning this journey. One of the main things, of course, being should you or should you not, or do you or don't you wish to reveal your blindness on your online dating profiles. So that is something I chose to go into in some depth in the course of the book and talking about the pros and cons of both those avenues. I really did want to approach this as I'm a person who wants to date online. I want to know more about the accessibility, but I'm also a person with a visual impairment who is dating online. What kind of stuff does that entail? What do I need to be particularly careful about? And how do I need to craft my message and my image and my profiles, as it were, in order to make sure that the sighted people who are viewing them are viewing what is most important and what will get me noticed on a site, not for my blindness, of course, but for the content of my profiles. So there really did turn out to be, as I was thinking more about this and my own years of experience in the online dating arena, lots of things to consider from a blindness perspective in terms of this topic. 
So there are actually two major aspects that are pretty important here. And one is the fact that dating and meeting has changed a whole lot. But then in addition to that, you've overlaid the issue of how does a blind person navigate this through the accessibility of the websites and should you reveal your blindness? And I'm sure there are other issues in your book. Absolutely. And online dating as an industry just continues to expand and expand and grow exponentially over the years. More and more people are meeting and getting married as a result of meeting one another online. And there are some interesting statistics involved in that that I share in the book. It's also an industry that has pros and cons, depending on how you look at it as a blind person. You certainly have the ability to do it from the comfort of wherever you happen to be. So that certainly takes the any kind of mobility aspect out of the equation. You don't have to worry about going somewhere, going to the bar or getting set up with a friend and having to get ready to go out or what have you. But there is also a cautionary piece of the journey, of course, and this would involve whether you are sighted or non-sighted. There are definitely people online who are online because they feel they can exploit other people's vulnerability. So there's that aspect as well. So, yeah, I try to cover both dating generally online and the journey and the cautions and the positives that you will experience as a result of that. But also, where does your blindness fall into that in terms of both the accessibility of sites and what you should reveal and what you should look for and what you need to express yourself? So, yes, there are definitely two big pieces of it. There's the technology part and there's the human interest aspect, too. So through advertising and hearsay, we've all heard of probably the biggest online dating services. Which ones would you say are the most accessible? In terms of the ones covered in this book, I would absolutely say that Match.com is the most accessible in terms of the variety of features that it offers and in terms of site accessibility when I was playing with it. That one did tend to have the most accessibility in terms of what you could find, setting up your profiles, putting up your images, being able to deal with the feature set. I believe I did find one premium feature in terms of Match.com that I could not figure out how to access, but that was one among... I don't know, there must be a dozen or more features that you can access as part of setting up your profile. And I had a premium membership, so I was playing with it from that standpoint. So, of course, as a premium member to many dating sites, you can do more, message more, experience more than can a free member if a free and paid tier are offered on a site. So I found that one to be very accessible. One of the other two sites that I covered in detail is plentyoffish.com, which you can also visit by going to POF for plentyoffish.com. And it's got a lot of accessibility too, but it does have a couple of gotchas in terms of feature set that don't seem to be that accessible. Of course, the thing to keep in mind about accessibility is it's a moving target. So something that works today might break tomorrow and something that was broken today might be perfect tomorrow. So it's always something to look out for. Things are changing pretty rapidly in the accessibility arena. So it always pays to take a peek and see what you discover on your own. A little self-exploration does not hurt. So you talked about putting up an image. And as a sighted person, I speak for most of us, we love seeing pictures. Yes. As a blind person, 
Maybe you don't have a friend that you want to engage in helping you put your picture up on a dating site. Is there any kind of assistance that they would provide to a blind person trying to put up a photo? I doubt it. I have not actually asked about this with the support representatives at these sites. Sometimes, particularly as a free member, it may even be difficult to get support in the first place. There are certainly services like IRA, perhaps Be My Eyes. Those could potentially be options for getting a photo created and put up online. You'll probably get help in taking the picture. You may have to then either find a way to put it up with assistance from someone else, or if you have the technical capability, put it up yourself. So we talked about the accessibility of some of these sites. And as you mentioned, they're not all 100% accessible. They're accessible to varying degrees. But there's lots of choices out there. In addition to accessibility, what are some of the major differences that people might look for? I think one thing for someone to keep in mind when looking for a site that would work well for them is first take your interests into account because there are dating sites all across the map in terms of your interests and dating people who also foster an interest in topics that you love. There are sites for people who have your own religious beliefs, for instance. There are sites for sports fans. There are sites for sci-fi fans. I mean, it's amazing the plethora of sites that exist. So if you have an interest or if you know you have a particular person, say you want to make sure that the person has your religious faith, you may start with a dating site that is centrally based around that religious faith. So if you're a Christian, for instance, you may want to look at a site like Christian Mingle. If you're Jewish, you may want to look for a site like JDate. So there are a whole lot of different websites that you can look at in terms of that. So you can immediately focus on the right group of interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And some of the larger sites like Match or eHarmony or Plenty of Fish are going to really speak to a lot of different interests. So you can actually filter your matches or hopefully get your matches down to those groups of people who interest you. So you can pick, you know, what height, you know, for instance, of of person are you interested in meeting? What's their religion, et cetera, et cetera. So you can kind of bring things down in terms of matching to hopefully meet people who you feel are going to be attractive to you personally. Now, once you've matched up with somebody, eventually you have to meet them. Do you have any advice, particularly for a visually impaired individual in terms of meeting up with people? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of that advice is the same advice that I would give anyone. Make sure that when you meet them, you are meeting in the daytime, in a well-lit area, in an area with other people. Because, you know, this is the first time that you have met this person. You may have gotten to know them online and you may have gotten to know them for a pretty significant amount of time. But this is just to be cautious. This is just to be making sure that everything is well and good. You may want to double date if you have a couple of friends that you want to take with you. Oh, that's interesting. And the other thing that I always suggest is don't drink on the first date. It's just not a good idea. (laughs) Get you in trouble, right? (laughs) It will get you in trouble, perhaps in ways that you might think of and some that might not necessarily think of immediately. So, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Keep alcohol out of the equation. Yeah, I guess cited or not, I would certainly be reticent about a first meeting like that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And so that's why taking some of these cautionary steps into account is just a very good idea. Make sure someone knows where you are. Call someone when you get home and, you know, just make sure the lines of communication between you and your loved ones or at least someone that you love and trust are open during this time that they know you're out meeting this person. So as a blind person, when you finally do meet in person, how do you know that you're meeting the right person? Well, you know, the unfortunate thing about this, whether you're a blind or a sighted person meeting the person for the first time, sometimes you don't. You have to kind of take it on faith in some cases that the person has posted an actual photo of themselves online. Sometimes that happens and that is not the case. But if you kind of take it on faith that most people are on the up and up, and a majority of them are, then there are a couple ways that I would suggest moving forward with that and knowing that you're meeting the right person. One is to use a service like Ira, for instance, and kind of taking that with you and saying, okay, I'm looking for this person. Here's a photo of them from my phone or offline or whatever, and here's the person who I'm looking for. So they can kind of steer you in the right direction and say, yeah, you know, this person is the person they are claiming to be based on the photograph that you have of them. The other thing you can do, and this is a suggestion that I really like and would utilize, is to take someone with you and make it a double date if you had the opportunity to do that. That way, if you're taking people who you know already, they can kind of nudge you and whisper in your ear and be like, okay, you know, everything seems cool. This is definitely the person. And you also have that backup. If anything begins to go south on this date, you can have friends there who can say, okay, you know, it's time to go. <laughs> you know, this isn't quite working. And you have a little bit of support if things don't seem to be going your way. So you talked about transitioning from interacting with one of these other people strictly on the internet, maybe to a telephone interaction so you can talk back and forth, to actually meeting in person. How long does that cycle typically take? I don't really know, Nancy, if there's a typical answer to that question, because some people tend to make it a longer process. They will be online on the kind of anonymous messaging system for a while. Then they may take it to email to email correspondence and then to a phone correspondence and then decide to make that a time to meet in person. So I think it really depends on the people and if they're clicking and if both of them feel ready for that next step. That being said, some people go through the process very quickly. I have some friends who actually did meet online. They knew each other about three weeks, I think, and decided to take it offline and meet in person. And two weeks after this happened, they were engaged. And they got married, and they've been married for over 12 years now. And they're they're close personal friends. I was at their wedding. So, you know, sometimes it works, and it works very well, and it works very, very quickly. So it really depends on the person and how quickly the chemistry seems to be evolving and how much and how quickly they want to take that to the next level. Now, you did mention that there's always this issue of do I talk about my blindness initially in the posting or not? But what are some of the pros and cons? What are some of the arguments on either side of this? 
Well, the one argument says, and I've been on both sides of this issue during my own journey, and I have flip-flopped quite a bit. So there's the one argument that says, if I go ahead and tell them, it's out. It's not something that I have to have this awkward conversation about once that we know we're going to meet up. Hey, and by the way, which can potentially be a very awkward thing. So you get it out there into the open immediately. But the flip side of that is, if you put it out immediately, number one, a lot of people are let's face it, just going to be completely turned off by it and they're never going to contact you in the first place. So you may feel that you've automatically alienated certain people who you may not have alienated by telling them. The other piece of it is, though, of course, if you don't tell them and you show up with the long white cane, you may have wished you had had that conversation immediately because you may have a very, very awkward first date. (laughs) So there's a lot to both sides of the equation, and it really is going to depend on you. It's going to depend on how you feel about it, and your views may change over time. Either way, though, you will probably want to come to this issue with an open mind, be willing to answer people's questions, and kind of have a thick skin about it either way, because either way could foster some rejection. And that's just something that you kind of have to put out there and realize as you begin this journey. So Kim, it sounds like you've had some experience with these dating services before from what you said. And I was wondering if you had any memorable experiences that you'd like to share with our listeners. Oh, yes, absolutely. I've been doing this for a while on and off, uh, probably since about 2000 or so. So I definitely have had some experiences that are memorable. One anecdote that I share in the book that I'll share here because it is quite funny is that I met a gentleman online one time and we seem to have a lot in common and we seem to hit it off. And we were talking and we were kind of clicking and things were good. And he invited me to the symphony. And I have a music major, so that was very cool for me. I've always been into classical music. And I said, well, that sounds fantastic. Let's absolutely go. So I agreed to it and was kind of planning what I was going to wear and all these things. And about the next day or so, he contacts me back and says, hey, by the way, I got our tickets and I got the cheap seats. So I was kind of a little lost for words at that point in the game because there was obviously not communication happening there, but it was kind of laughable after the fact because that was one piece of a kind of larger story where things began to fall apart very rapidly with this person. That's not a great start in terms of trying to impress someone that you're meeting for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So that did not quite work out, and uh, unfortunately, I missed the Bakken list that night, so I was pretty upset about that because I was really looking forward to it. And things did not end very amicably, but, you know, sometimes things happen, and better to learn these things in advance. So that was definitely a memorable experience that was not so positive. Yeah, I guess at that point, there are other options. You don't have to go down a path that doesn't look very promising. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And the nice thing about having not met yet at that stage in the game was that there were fewer ties to have to cut, as it were. And it was a little easier to say, hey, yeah, by the way, we're done. Have you had any experiences you would consider more successful than that? Absolutely. I have met people online with whom I have remained friends for 10 years or so. I'm thinking of one person in particular. Things remained very platonic, but we're still friends and we still catch up and we still kind of know a little bit about what's going on in the other's life. And 
it's great. It's fun. I've also had experiences where I feel like I've shared some things both in terms of personally and in terms of advocacy with people, which I think has been very powerful, too, to say, hey, you know, we have more in common than not. And I think that has been very powerful as well, because if someone's willing to listen to you and learn a little bit about who you are and whether or not your blindness has anything to do with the rest of your life and how it impacts your life, I think that's important, too. It sounds like overall you've had some pretty positive experiences then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. More positive than negative. And, you know, I think there's a part in there about, well, even if the experience doesn't necessarily seem like a positive one, what can I learn from it? What can I take away from it that will equip me later in life or with the next experience that will help me to do something better or express something better or not go down a path? So I think you really can learn from everything that's thrown at you, both on the online dating journey and off. <laughs> and going into it with that attitude, I think, can be pretty powerful. So I've tried to kind of keep my attitude there and say, well, yeah, you know, even if things don't necessarily look so positive, I can learn something from this experience. I guess in any aspect of life, it helps to have a positive attitude. And it sounds like you certainly do have one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's good medicine. I think it's something good to uh, keep in your toolbox and have at the forefront, for sure. Now, instead of our regular breaker tune at this point, we have a little something that Pete and Ross McGregor put together with Samantha singing. I'm in the mood for love Simply because you're human Funny, but when you're human I'm in the mood for love. And how appropriate for our online dating show. Now for this week's final item, how to get Kim's book, Dating in the Digital Age, how to learn more about Mystic Access and National Braille Press, and how to contact Kim directly. So perhaps you can remind our listeners about the name of your book and where they can get it. Absolutely. My book is called Dating in the Digital Age, and it can be purchased via the National Braille Press website, which is NBT for National Braille Press dot org. If you get the hard copy Braille, it's in two Braille volumes, but you can also get it in DAISY or BRL format electronically or Word format, and you can also get those formats mailed to you on a thumb drive as well. And if people had questions for you, how might they contact you? They can contact me. The easiest way would probably be through email. So they can email me at Kim, K-I-M, at mysticaccess.com. And that's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. And do you and or Mystic Access and or the National Braille Press have a social media presence? Absolutely. National Braille Press does for sure. I know they're on Facebook. So if you went to Facebook and do a search for National Braille Press, you should be able to find their web presence there very easily. I think they're on Twitter as well. Mystic Access also has a Twitter presence and a Facebook presence. You can follow us on Twitter at Mystic Access and on Facebook at Mystic Access Empower. And the Mystic Access website, if you want to visit us and see what we have going on, at mysticaccess.com. And in the show notes associated with this episode, you'll find a link to that book if you want to purchase it, as well as 
all of the rest of the contact and resource information you've heard just now. Just go to www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1927. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be speaking with Winston Chen, the founder and lead developer of the Voice Dream suite of apps, including Reader, Writer, Scanner, and Mail. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes, and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success, or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.